comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show, the MLS podcast of the year runner-up. Unfortunately, we lost out on the uh, on the big title. Um, and with me, though, is a man who finished in the top five of MLS podcasts. <laughs> co-host logan stuff <laughs> i don't want to i want to see the list of people uh, who i've run up against i i think like dan kuzer would definitely be one of them like I oh like yeah yeah he's up there definitely yeah. up there i gotta feel like the weigels i don't know how that show works because there's so many of them um yeah. so i imagine the weigels are three and four um in behind dan and i um and then number five i guess i gotta go with todd even though he kind of hosts his own show by himself he's he got to be his own co-host too sometimes so. yeah I feel like That's Todd true. Lewis is another good shout. Maybe some Jack and AJ. I hope they're feeling better. I know they were both getting smacked around. Um, AJ, um, hope you're feeling all right. So saw that the extra or the final yeah. third um, guys weren't feeling up to par. So hope everything's good there. I know it's uh, it's probably even worse now because of the, the loons, but I guess we'll get into that. Mm. We will get in that. We got a huge show, actually. Oh, I'm Jordan Wigan, whatever. Uh, we got a huge <laughs> Jordan, how you doing? I mean, number one uh, host in behind Andrew Weeby. Um, that's pretty. Is that's that pretty true? I didn't think I won that. Uh, but, you don't uh... need to look that up at any point in time during the show, but okay, I just kind of go with yeah. it. Um, Andrew Weeby took first, but you were a close second. Oh, it's just like in uh, most people's hearts. Um, but uh, we have a lot of news. We have. Stuff that we did not think we were going to be talking about today, like the twenty-two home, the twenty-eight home openers that we have to talk about. Uh, we got goalkeeper of the year and um, some movement uh, and, and, uh, and comeback, uh, not comeback player, uh, new player of the year um, that we'll be talking about. And then we actually have the games to talk about. There's also we can look at who's already qualified for the Concacaf Champions League for 2022. And of course, we had a Canadian championship that was crowned as well uh, yesterday. So, and we have to look forward to Tuesday's games. So, um, I guess enough beating around the bush here. We're going to get into that. Before we get to the uh, games that we just watched, though, we're, we're going to look at some of these news items. So, let's start with LAFC Christian Arango, named Newcomer of the Year. Um, I think we picked this last time when we were looking at it, right? Like, yeah. Um, 
I stupidly said somebody else, and then I correct it to Arango when you when you look at those numbers. Uh, like what, fourteen goals in seventeen, 17 games? Matches, man, that's insane. It is insane. He deserves it. Congratulations, LAFC need it for next year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, as Bob Bradley's out, we didn't even get a chance to talk about that yet either. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess let's uh, let's real quickly say Matt Turner was goalkeeper of the year. We all kind of thought that would happen. Mm-hmm. He actually had a better season last year that, and Blake won it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Blake had a better season this year, and Turner won it. So. I mean, whatever. It's usually whoever wins the shield, I think, in most cases, and should be and that happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we also had Pepe winning, uh, young player of the year, whatever they call mm-hmm. it, which I thought was not correct. I thought it should have probably been Tejan Buchanan. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so we have the Bob Bradley, and. LAFC have parted ways. Bob was at the end of his contract. They're not going to sign an extension. He is walking away. You know, I think most people have kind of put the pieces together saying, well, if Chicago job is taken, which a lot of people pegged him for because he had coached them in their first season. And you have some of these other jobs that are kind of getting snapped up. Toronto, right? I think most people love... Bob Bradley in Toronto. He has his kid playing there mm-hmm. uh, for as long as he's going to play there. Um, I was going to say Josie is a connection as well from the national team, but Josie's get, going out, it sounds like, leaving Toronto. And to me, I think when we get into preseason predictions, if he goes there, I'm putting him down coach of the year maybe. I'm, I'm thinking he could do a – a Bruce arena type Renaissance for Toronto there. And it makes sense for Tim Bezpachenko uh, to leave Toronto at this point, because some people assume Bob would probably have a lot more control for bringing players in. So what are your thoughts uh, on him leaving LAFC? And uh, then we'll talk about the LAFC side of it a little later, but just on the Bob side and, you know, are you as gung ho as I am about going to Toronto? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I think it was a move that we all saw coming, right? I think you and I talked about last episode where there were reports that he had been, you know, discussing certain instances where Bob Bradley wouldn't be the coach uh, at LAFC anymore. Um, and sure enough, we'd uh, come up with the news that he'd no longer be with LAFC. Um, and then when the links started dropping, Jordan, you and I talked about it. Uh, we were texting, going, Toronto would be a perfect fit. I think. I think that, like you said, the Bruce Arena effect, kind of having that same effect with Toronto. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he making the player personnel decisions at LAFC? Like, wasn't that his? Like, I think it was. Him... I think it was John Thorrington doing. Because I thought they it. had given him a big leash uh, to bring in a lot of his own guys. I mean, obviously, I know that he's got a big say in what's going on um, as far as personnel is concerned. But I thought, as far as LAFC concerned. He he had a big part in that, but I guess you can look that up while I'm talking. But um, yeah, first uh, coach of LAFC parting ways, uh, 58, 34, and 32 record with the club. Um, trip to the CONCACAFs Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Um, coach of the year, 2019. But man, th- this team just looked uninspired. Even with the injuries, uh, even with uh, the coming on of, I guess, Arango, the com- or the coming player of the year, 
Um, you know, I think that there's a lot that, that LAFC needs to do and to revamp. And I think that one firing Bob was probably the best move as far as trying to get some new blood in here. I think, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know if it's technically a firing. I yeah, I guess parting ways. Yeah. But I mean, not signing on for another couple of years. I think it leaves LAFC in a, in a weird spot. I know that Vela is getting up there in age and he had a hard time staying healthy. Again, we talked about, um, you know, different guys there uh, out to West, uh, you know, how long does he stay? How long does Rossi stay now? Um, you've got guys like that, that just, you know, Mike Anthony K uh, he left early uh, and, and was traded because it just wasn't working out. So that system was just falling apart. I think in Toronto, He's getting a club that, uh, you know, you and I talked about it too. Like with Toronto, this team was dying and it needs to be revamped and it mm -hmm. needs a overhaul. Their defense was just not as good as it had been, um, which was a big staple for Toronto for so long. They had a really solid back line that they just couldn't get healthy or playing well uh, this season. And then again, they're attacking problems. Um, Pozzello could, you know, he didn't play as much this year as, you know, the, the reigning MVP that hadn't played as much. Um, so it was, it was interesting. I think that, you know, when you look at this Toronto team, I think you've got a lot of good pieces. And I think that Bob, if he does end up going to Toronto, ends up making this team uh, a, a lot better. Um, but I think it'll take time because this team is just in a really big hole. Yeah, I think, um, I think that could, I think it's a great landing spot. If he does go there, I think, you know, um, it would be in to see because I still think Bob can offer a lot to a lot of these teams here. I do wish he maybe – I don't think he even wanted to probably come back to LAFC, honestly. That's why – not to like be on a technicality of his contract was any. I think of it more of like almost a mutual parting. I don't think he wanted to be back. I don't think the – you know, I, I felt like he was handed a bad hand this year with not just the injuries, but I feel like – you know, we kind of worry about this with NYCFC and New York Red Bull and these teams in huge markets, but I don't want to see LAFC start falling back now. They went out there and spent money the first few years. They won a trophy. They almost won a Champions League. And then I don't want them to start being like, okay, well, now we're going to put together like an NYCFC type of roster, you know, or something like that. And I get it. They're in the playoffs. NYCFC playing pretty good right now. But I mean – you know, we got to have these large markets have big stars and, and really put the money where the mouth is. And I worry that, you know, without Bob, and Bob was a huge part of that franchise. He really was first coach. But, I mean, like, he did have some say. I looked it up. Thorington is the GM. He's also now co-president or something. I don't know what he really does. But he did put together a lot of the squad. But, you know, Bob was in it. If you watch the ESPN document documentary on espn plus uh what is it we are lafc or whatever it is there are uh really great moments with bob there and shows how he led this team i think he was frustrated with the team as well this year i mean how many times did he like was it near the end of the season he he pulled three subs in like the first <laughs> yeah. half, right? I mean, he was pissed. <laughs> it's like 30 you know? minutes in. It was like, okay, you're done. <laughs> yeah, he was pissed with the way that they were playing, with the way they're doing And I think that's part of it too is I think he was done with it. I think they were done with him. I think it's a clean break now. And I think with Toronto open, that's the most prestigious job open in MLS right now. I know Toronto has not been great recently, mm -hmm. like this year. And I know – 
their early history, they weren't great, but they had a stretch where they were like the best team in the league. And if you can go there and turn that back around and also your son's there. So you're probably going to see your grandkids and all that stuff all the time. Like that is probably perfect for somebody like Bob right now. He's got good pieces. I mean, if I'm uh, Toronto, I want to, I want Bob. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think it's the excellent project. I mean, he's young enough to where he'll be there for, for some time. And I think that it might be one of his last, Hurrahs, and I think that he'd be willing to build this team up. I, I think he likes these kind of projects. I think he liked it with the LAFC. This is a different challenge. He gets to coach Michael. Um, and, and Michael, I think, is in that same trajectory as I think he'll end up coaching one day. So, I, you know, I think there's a lot to, to consider here. You've got really good young players. Um, I don't know how long, you know, some of these guys might stay or go dependent upon what he wants in them. But you've got guys like Io Akinola, who, you know, had an unfortunate injury that ended his season. But he was, you know, he's he was becoming that really dangerous player. Uh, Jacob Schappelberg Sha- uh, was playing extremely well. Um, guys like Jonathan Osario had played well. Um, so you've got nice pieces, Richie Larea. Um, you've got really, really nice pieces to build around. Um, it'll be, you know, shedding off some of the older players that might not be, you know, fit enough to play these, you know, these kind of games anymore. Um, I know they've got some aging players. Um, Justin Morrow retired. So, you know, there's a lot going on, but I, I think that you've got a lot to work with in Toronto. And like you said, Jordan, once a team becomes something in MLS, it's kind of like the galaxy allure um, where you have this in the Eastern conference. Like I would say Toronto is probably the equivalent on this side where yeah. people just want to go to that because it's an attractive market. It's a beautiful city. People like playing there. You yeah. know, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Very interesting. I, I I'm, Curious to see where Bob ends up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm any team in the league, I am a va- except for maybe a select few. I am evaluating <laughs> my 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 coach right now, and I'm saying we have Bob Bradley out there who just won a mm-hmm. supporter shield like two years ago, breaking the MLS record back then. Like, I'm sorry, who else is you know like curtain safe, right? But there are some real people that you look at. Pineda's probably safe because he just got the job at Atlanta. But there's some coaches you look at, and you say Bruce is safe, obviously. You look at and say, okay, who in the like, – especially the East. I, I don't know. Like Miami? I yeah, would yeah. – if I'm Miami, I'm like, Bob Bradley's available? I think that might Cincinnati. work better than Phil Neville. Yeah. Cincinnati, they're going to go a different direction. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the rumors, be, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure if they announced it yet or not. It'll be interesting too, because I think, you know, that you've got expansion clubs coming. You've got, um, yeah, Austin's in disarray, and I don't think they'd move on from Wolf. Not um, yet. Not no. yet. So, like you said, there, there's some opportunity. I doubt that. Maybe I guess Houston, but that wouldn't be very attractive to me if I was, uh, if I was Bob. I honestly, like you said, I'd honestly say that even though Toronto finished as poorly as they did, they're still... It's a blank slate almost. Yeah. And, and your son's there, too. Like, your son, I think that has... They have a great relationship. I think that he would enjoy coaching Michael um, again. So, I think, you know, I don't know. I think it's very likely that he ends up in Toronto. A lot of sources out there saying that he he's considering it, so... Let's look at the CONCACAF Champions League 2022. Montreal became the fourth MLS team to clinch a 2022 spot with their 1-0 victory over 
uh, TFC in the Canadian Championship. This is another tournament that TFC used to win all the time. Uh, Montreal, which reached the quarterfinals in their last appearance in 2020, are going to compete in the CCL for the fifth time. This is from MLSsoccer.com. So as rewards for finishing atop the West, Rapids have qualified. Um, The uh, Seattle will be in for having the next best best regular season record outside of the Rapids and the Revs, and the Revs have made it with the Supporter Shield. Uh, The Sounder spot was made available because of the Open Cup being canceled for two years in a row. So instead of just giving it back to Atlanta (laughs) again, they were like, okay, we'll go to the next best team in the, you know, with the next best record, and it was Seattle. So as it stands now, the Revs, Rapids, Seattle, Montreal, and then the next spot is that coveted MLS Cup champion spot. So whoever wins MLS Cup, that's your next way in. So when I look at this list and I see uh, where did it go? <laughs> I'm on the right. Where did it go? Um, I see two West teams, two East teams. I'm interested. What wins out? The third West team or a third East team? Should be very interesting. And of course, if the Revs win MLS Cup, it's going to go to one of those the the runner up in the um, in the MLS Cup. Typically, is how it goes. But if that team is Seattle or Rapids, I don't know. I guess it's going to go to somebody else in either in the playoffs or another one in the standings. I don't know if we have that list yet, but uh, yeah. Uh, just, uh, interesting here. Cause when you look at this, when I look at this, I say chances for a champions league win next year, not looking likely with this, with this roster of teams, not to give any crap to the Rapids cause they really, what they did was phenomenal, but they're the, they don't, they have like what one DP and to win games in MLS. That's fine. Games in the continent. That's going to be really rough. I think. Seattle, <laughs> Seattle and Revs probably the best chances, but yeah. Bruce does not take this seriously. I don't know if he will now or not, but like when he was at LA, he always yeah. played LA Galaxy two players all the time. That was it. Bradford Jameson starting up top. Uh, <laughs> that was it. That was what he did, and it pissed a lot of people off. So I do wonder if he would care. And also, some of these Revs players are going to be leaving. Buchanan's going to be gone, right? And um, Books has been rumored to leave too. Exactly. Uh, Tyjon's been—he's uh, on the outs. He is gone. Then, yeah. Right. So he's long back. Matt that. Turner might feel like it's the most enticing time if he wins MLS Cup to finally say, "Hey, you know what? I want to go try somewhere else," um, which would wouldn't shock me at all. Like I, I'm waiting for that news to come. Uh, you know, Brandon Bay might get looked at um, as far as uh, you know a right back's concerned. Um, so I don't know. Like I, they're like you said, Carlos Heel. I think is staying. I wouldn't see him going anywhere because he's a little older. But I don't know. You never know with the, with with some of these guys. Yeah, you know, I, company, you leave. You leave. I mean, yeah. What else is there to do on the, other than champions? Like I guess at that point. But one supporter shield. They win the. If they run the gauntlet, then and like you said, I don't know if enough of them find it alluring to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to you know, try to win a Champions League in CONCACAF. I think it's much more entertaining to go, I want to go try to win in the championship over in England, so. 
So yeah, we have we have those. Uh, so whoever wins the last cup, or if it's already one of those teams, we'll figure out what happens there. But uh, let's let's quickly talk some of these home openers before we get to the game. So home openers for 2022. The season is kicking off on February 26th, which is a Saturday, and you have Columbus at 3:30 against Vancouver, opening up at Lower.com Field in Columbus. LAFC versus Colorado. That's going to be a pretty good game. 3.30 at Bank of California Stadium. 5.30 is Dallas versus Toronto at Toyota Stadium. Austin gets Cincinnati at Q2 Stadium at 6 o'clock on Saturday, the 26th of February. DC versus Charlotte at Aldi Field at 6 o'clock. San Jose versus Red Bull New York at PayPal Park in San Jose. That's at 6 Miami versus Chicago at 6 at Drive Pink Stadium. Um, 7.30 is Portland versus New England at Providence Park. That should be a pretty interesting matchup. And we don't have a time for this for whatever reason, but Philadelphia versus Minnesota at Subaru Park. Um, interesting, that one doesn't have a time, but uh, and everybody else does. Maybe it's going to be a national TV that's what I was thinking. Because the other one is Seattle-Nashville yeah. on Sunday without time. I'm wondering if that's yeah. going to be a national that's game. That's definitely going to be national games now that I look at the teams. Because that if Those I had to pick like a marquee, yeah. Yeah, a marquee matchup, that would be the first one on the day one and then the second one. Although D.C. and Charlotte, I feel like Charlotte's got to have a national game. Maybe they are the national game out of the 6 p.m. games. Just seems weird that they want to have a time then for the other one. Because usually the TV, I think, sets the times. I do wonder. I'm going to say 8 o'clock. <laughs> That's my oh, guess. That would be brutal. Cold in February at 8 o'clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> go, you know, I'm going to go. Now I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> but, Maybe earlier. I don't know. I, I doubt they'd play at like 1. I don't Maybe. know. I, I think ESPN loves those like you know, 1 opening p.m. Day kickoffs. Games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a pretty interesting Saturday start. Um, a lot of, uh, interconference. Look, okay. So if I don't go to Philadelphia versus Minnesota, we should live stream DC Charlotte. Yeah. I think that would be fun because of Charlotte's first game. Yeah. Plus there's other games going on. Or you come up here in February and we go to DC cause that's like an hour and a half away from me. We see Charlotte's first game. <laughs> It, oh, it's at okay. It's at Audi. I thought it was at yeah. Charlotte. No, it's at what, Audi. Right? Yeah. That's weird that they're not playing. I would have thought that they would have easily have played Charlotte. No, they're starting oh. their home game in the following week uh, against LA Galaxy. Um, but yeah. So then Sunday, February twenty seventh, we have Orlando opening up Exploria at one o'clock against Montreal. That's a boring matchup. Uh, Atlanta versus SKC at Mercedes Benz. Galaxy versus New York City at Galaxy's Dignity Health Sports Park. I still call it StubHub Center. Uh, we have 7 o'clock um, Houston versus Salt Lake at PNC Stadium. And then Seattle versus Nashville at Lumen Field. That's probably a 10 o'clock kickoff, honestly. That will probably be an FS1 game or something. Nashville's got it brutal, man. They're only an hour behind the East Coast, so it's like that, they, they are constantly having to play in a different time zone. Um, it seems <laughs> them in yeah. Texas are the only ones that share the same time zone. Yeah, we really need once we keep growing, we're going to need a central division or something. Yeah, you got to have one, I think. You'd have like Chicago, 
SKC, St. Louis, Louis, Nashville, Texas teams. That's three teams there. Nashville. You have a pretty good amount in the central time zone now. Minnesota. Yeah, you just have a central and you do all west and then all east. Mm -hmm. That'd be be fun. And you could clump in, like in the central, you could easily clump in because it's only an hour behind. You could clump in like the Ohio teams too because that seems to be the, the teams that get clumped in with the central divisions of different sports. There you go. Unless we're realigning for you. So then Saturday, March 5th, New England opens at home against Dallas at 1.30. Toronto opens up against Red Bull at BMO Field. That's going to be Bob Bradley there, uh, Coach. <laughs> we're just going to – A lot of bald guys we, that day. We're just going to say we broke that story. It's going to be Bob Bradley there. Um, 3.30 is SKC versus Houston at Children's Mercy Park. Montreal versus Philadelphia at 4 o'clock at Olympic Stadium is Montreal opening up theirs. Chicago opening up against Orlando at Soldier Field. Colorado versus Atlanta at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Salt Lake versus Seattle at Rio Tinto. Vancouver versus NYCFC at BC Place. Minnesota versus Nashville at Allianz. Cincinnati versus DC at TQL or West End Stadium. And Charlotte versus Galaxy at Bank of America Stadium. That's going to be a primetime game, 8 o'clock. That's going to be on one of the big networks because it's going to be their first home game. That's what's going to happen. Is that and then, LA? Yeah, Sorry, is that that's LA Galaxy? Galaxy, yeah. Okay. Why don't they have that? Is LAFC on here? Um, they're probably no, no, they're not. Maybe that's why they didn't denote. Yeah, they're sitting that week. Confusing. Saturday, March twelfth, NYCFC open up against Montreal at Yankee Stadium. Yay. Sunday, March 13th, Red Bull opens up at Minnesota at Red Bull Arena. And Sunday, May 1st, Nashville opens up at Philadelphia. So Nashville is going to go the first two months away from home. That's going to be really tough for them. But then they're going to have a really good stretch at the second half of the year, I think. And But with them being in the West, that's really going to be bad. But they're going to have a whole new stadium opening on May 1st. That is going to be... Fantastic. I wish I could go to that game. That's going to be Philly is opening it up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. May 1st, man, fly down. Just go. Just do oh, it. Oh, we're also in December, by the way. Another news point here. In December, we're having an expansion draft uh, for Charlotte. So we'll see how that goes. We could cover that. When is that? Do they know a time? It's last time, I think last year, it was literally like when noon. Austin opened up. It was like. Two or two, 12 or two o'clock. It was during it was school. During, it was during a work day, too. I was <laughs> working from home and I had it up on the TV while I was working or whatever. Like, Wait, what it, and, you say I think it was, it may have been at four o'clock actually, because then I went down and watched the rest of it while I was making dinner. It was like a weird time. I think it's the 14th of December. 14th of December. Let me look it up. December fourteenth. Like, um, yep, fourteenth. So it looks like they're gonna not like that's a busy month. Oh my lord, that's gonna be so busy. December is also the the schedule release around that time. They said it could be very close to that date because I want people to know. And then you got the super draft coming up. Yep, December thirteenth is the list of players eligible for selection. And then December 14th is the expansion draft. Now, there are some teams that are um, 
excluded that are from the list. excluded from it because they had players taken the year before. So that includes like Orlando. I don't uh, think Austin can have anybody pick Orlando, up. San Jose, Red Bulls, Nashville, LA Galaxy. So Austin could have somebody. Yes. Yep. Hmm. So have to be very then, careful who they say uh, who they save. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll have an episode on expansion draft later on. We will. Because I want to get more into specifics. Because I remember Orlando's watching it. It's so cool because you like watch the boardroom. It's fun. Yeah. So it's a Tuesday. So um, maybe we would just record that Tuesday then, and we do it after the expansion draft. Yeah, we'll look through the players and kind of go through. Maybe we can find somebody from Charlotte that'll. Yeah, fun, we huh? should try to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can do that. Because we can okay. record and then have them on. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. It works. All right. So let's get into the actual games here. We had some playoff games. We had NYCFC versus Atlanta. Uh, we had Philly versus Red Bull. We had Portland versus Minnesota, and we had SKC versus Vancouver. So we're going to go in the order that the games were played. We started off with a Philadelphia versus Red Bulls matchup that was only on Univision um, and MLSsoccer.com for the broadcast. Uh, I have Univision now from YouTube TV, so I just watched it on there. Couldn't understand what we're going on, but that was fine. You don't need commentary. Um, you can comment yourself, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I was sitting there watching it. It wasn't a great game, but I'll tell you what everybody will remember. This fantastic goal by Glesnes in the 120-plus third minute as he just – you can hear – have you heard the fan video? Did you watch the fan yes. video of it? it was wild. It sounded like an eruption. Let me see if I can find it real quick because this was um, – this was really good. Uh, and I want to share the audio on here if I can, because that was, that was really good. Okay, here it is. Share this video real quick. You can actually hear them yell for him to shoot, which is fantastic. All right, here we go. I'm going to play it one more time. That's incredible. I love that. It's a really, really great goal. And you can hear them yelling, shoot. And he just does it and it goes in. You you weren't, nobody was expecting that except for me because I guess my YouTube TV was a little behind. So I got the darn score notification before it happened. Ruined the whole <laughs> moment for me. Jordan running through the house with his union jersey off and sliding to his <laughs> knees. He's lying but to you, folks. It was, uh, it, it was fun. Uh, my friend Rich was there. My friend Todd was there. You know, I, we had a, a lot of people there um, in union fandom. I couldn't be there because I had to do other things. But it was fun to watch uh, on TV and just be able to see that place erupt at that goal. And just, I don't know, Union have not won many playoff games. I think that's their second ever, both against Red Bulls. <laughs> There's a good part of the rivalry there. But I was really worried. I thought literally, I, I had a, I was going to the movies at 6.15. And, uh, you know, I knew at that point the game would be over even with penalties, but I really thought like 
we're going to go out there. We're going to play the against the Red Bulls. We're going to win. I had them winning 3-1. You had Union winning 2-0. And it just didn't happen that way. And it got to the point where we were getting close to penalties that I was like, we might lose this game. Like, this might be it. And I said, for whatever reason, we just playoffs. It was a little worrying. They get through there, especially with the pass. It's got to get through Red Bull, Nashville, or Orlando, and then probably facing the Rebs, you know, which would be a really tough thing. But we had their number last year. But, you know, to try to get to an MLS Cup final, which is the goal. And uh, I thought we were going to throw it away. Took a moment of magic, but Glesnes scores. It's the latest goal, I think, in MLS history, they said. So uh, pretty fun there. Um, not a great game. Hopefully it's just because of the um, – hopefully it's just because of the, uh, you know, the international break, coming back from a little bit of a break, trying to get ready. And I do worry about the revolution now, which I think we already kind of talked about before, about coming back from – which will essentially be a two-week break for them uh, because they sat this game out. So I do worry about how they will, how they'll be after not only that, but the, you know, like Minnesota, we, we kind of talk, we'll talk about with Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota was playing a do or die game all the time. Didn't really help them, I guess anyway, but I do worry with like the revs running away with it. Do they have the mindset to turn it back on for meaningful games? And that's something I, I wonder about, but I think Bruce arena is professional enough that, he'll get them set up for it, but just wonder how that's going to go. You have any thoughts on the goal or these two teams? I mean, the goal is fantastic. It was definitely, uh, obviously one I'm going to remember forever. Cause it's, you know, one of the first playoff, I mean, it is the first playoff for me and watching this game, I'm getting that playoff atmosphere. Um, Cause I watched some of it last year when Orlando was in it, but then after that, I didn't watch much of the MLS playoffs, but the, it, this was like my real first year in covering it and understanding what's going on. Um, but you said it, I mean, I, but I always felt, I always feel like people talked about the fact that it was like not a great game by Philadelphia, but I thought the, the one thing that stood out to me is that Red Bull, when they do win, I think that when Red Bulls win, it's very much, it's ugly. It's always been ugly. Um, it's not ever been pretty football and MLS is not pretty football. So I don't know, you know, if people were expecting this to be magnificent and, you know, Philly, I will give them that, like. They are one of the best defensive, if not the best defensive club um, in the East and maybe in all of MLS. Um, they've got one of the most scary back lines, I think, and one of the more efficient. Um, and I think that when you're talking about, you know, a Red Bull team that is young, it's the youngest team in um, MLS. It, it's, I think, hard to really gauge just how good this game might have been for Philly because while they didn't play well, they still were able to grind one out and win. And I think that's kind of the magic that Jim Curtin has always instilled in this Philadelphia team. I think last year they missed out on the MLS playoffs because they got outplayed and outsmarted by Bruce Arena. But I think that – or no, it was – yeah, it was Bruce. Um, and I think that when you look at this Philadelphia team, the only thing they're really missing is is that goal score, right, is that goal threat. And I, I know people were tweeting about maybe – trying to find a goal scorer or DP. Um, they can't find one now, uh, but they can find one coming up in the off season. They've got a, what, two months since it's a crazy turnaround um, to, to try to go and find a goal scorer. But I think that if you're Philadelphia and you're a fan of the, of the union, I think that if you're looking at a, a, an exit, it would have to be because you just didn't score. Um, I think you're going to defend just as uh, well as anybody. And I think that while Nashville is good 
cohesively. I think that there, there's an ability there with Philadelphia hosting that game to kind of stymie uh, a Nashville attack or an Orlando attack, especially. Um, both those teams aren't like revs worthy in the attack. Um, so I think honestly, I mean, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm looking at this comfortably as saying like our team can defend anybody. It's just a matter of, can we get the goals when necessary? And I'm not, no, I don't know if Shabelko can do it um, at a consistent level to, to really put union as one of the favorites. What did I talk about going in this season? Uh, not having a goal score. Goal score. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really biting us right now yeah. because when Shabelko is on, he's on, but mm-hmm. he's off most of the time. And he had a good year last year at times. Go whenever it was now it feels like a while ago because he just hasn't been able to get it going anymore um he had a wide open chance at a point where he put it well over the bar and i said mm-hmm. you know this is not you know that that's the best chance you're going to get in the game and luckily i mean it was actually but luckily you know glesnes pulled something out of nowhere and he just only scores bangers that it was just you know, fantastic there. And then we had SKC versus Vancouver, right? Was that the next game? Yeah, yeah. that was the next one um, that day. Yeah. Those two days flew by. I'm like, they really okay. did. Yeah. <laughs> Kyrie Shelton scored 17 minutes in. Then we had Dahomey equalize in the 39th minute with a penalty for Vancouver. But then uh, Ishmat Marin and uh, Zuzi scoring in the 45th plus three and 58th to get SKC through to the next round 3-1 win pretty standard for sporting kansas city except for they didn't have possession vancouver had a lot more possession skc though had a lot more shots and that ultimately leads to more goals for them and they win and get the move on to the next round and face um i don't even think they know who they're facing yet no they don't it'll be either seattle or and I really think a Seattle SKC matchup would be really fun. Because uh, then you can't lose. Because then you're getting either SKC versus Rapids or Portland, or you're getting Seattle versus Rapids or Portland, which I think are really, you know, that's like four great matchups that you're able to get there. But to me, I expected an SEC win. Uh, what did we say? We said 1-0 and 2-0. They won 3-1. So you also said Johnny Russell was going to score. He did not. So uh, Yeah, but he was involved, you know. <laughs> not involved really at all. But, uh, yeah, he was out there standing somewhere. But Graham yeah. Susie had like a resurgence, man. Put him on the put him on the team. Call him up, Greg. Put him up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, put, put him where right back. That's fine. Sergio's down. Like, hey, you know what would be fun? I always thought this would be fun, right? Well, um, I was thinking about this today. If we do qualify, the last window, what we should do is just call up the old legends, right? Just call up like Josie, <laughs> Michael. Can Landon still play? Like, is he technically? Can we still register him as a player? Like, I, I don't know if that's still a thing, but. I don't um, think so. Probably not. Uh, but, you know, just call him some of the legends. Um, have Yedlin still out there playing because he's still a legend. But that'd be great. Like Julian Green, just some of the old names that you just forget about exist. That would be fun. But any thoughts on SKC or Vancouver here? Vancouver is a team we didn't, we weren't really high on. We had them what uh, worst of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did pretty well. They got in the playoffs get bounced out by a good SKC team. I don't know what else you could really ask for for this team. 
Yeah, I was going to say we came into this uh, this year just thinking um, that they were just going to be absolutely brutal. Um, and uh, Mark DeSantos uh, was at the helm when when the season started, and then uh, as time progressed, um, I, I thought uh, Vanny Sertini was fantastic. And when he took over, um, they became one of the more threatening teams as far as the West was concerned. Um, I think they've got a lot of good pieces to kind of build around. They they uh, Brian White played extremely well for him this year. Um, Dahomey has been really good. Uh, he had 11 goals. Brian White had 12. Um, Dave, or Dave Eric Caicedo, I, I think, had a good first year, you know, just kind of learning the league. Uh, but I do think, uh, you know, like Ryan Gould was really, really well, uh, did really well this year. Um, Christian uh, Gutierrez played extremely well, too. Um, so I think when you're looking at this team, you've got nice pieces to build around. Um and again, I think you're looking at a Vancouver team, Jordan. I think that 2016 or 2017 was their last playoff appearance. Um, and, you know, they, they've kind of fought their way back in and they've played well this year. And I think they just go up from here because I do think um, – and Vanny Sartini, I think they haven't decided that he would be um, the coach next year. But on an interim basis, he did extremely well. The only thing that he did maybe poorly was to say that they were going to beat them um, <laughs> in, in uh, Children's Mercy. But – Hey, it shows guts, and I, and I thought through the first half, I thought they looked like they could actually maybe upset them, but then in the second half, SKC just has more talent, um, and Daniel Shallowy is just unbelievably good player. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be fun to see what they do. Um, Vancouver just couldn't defend them; they just couldn't stay with them. Uh, then we had an Atlanta NYCFC matchup on Sunday, which. Uh, was just brutal for Atlanta. Atlanta had more possession. NYCFC had more shots, but really, I just felt like NYCFC really did well this whole game. And then, you know, coming out of halftime, scoring two goals in five, four minutes, 49th and 53rd minutes by Cassianos and Kalins, really just shocked. It's like, it's like, it's like Atlanta didn't even expect that to happen coming out of the half. And like they were still in the locker room. And then they get a red card in the 90-plus third minute. It's all kind of over at that point. But I, I don't know. I mean, it was one of those um, games by Atlanta, and I think this is where it shows how important it is to have a good season. NYCFC got the home game. They were able to play on their turf or their you know outfield, and then they were able to uh, get the win, where if Atlanta hosts, it might be a whole different story because of – you know, the new atmosphere around the team and how Mercedes-Benz Stadium can be and all that kind of good stuff. But unfortunately, this is why you have to finish in those top four spots. When we talked at the beginning of the year and everybody says we need to finish in those top four spots, it's because of games like this. This Having it at Yankee Stadium just set everything. I, I think NYCFC could still win at Mercedes-Benz, but when you have that, your fans when you have that small dimensions of your field and you're used to playing on, then I think it really shows how important, you know, finishing in top four of the, of the regular season is. Yeah. And, and just kind of putting Atlanta to rest, um, you know, you, you've got good pieces, but I think that there, there's going to be a challenge. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda has quite a task on hand. Um, and I think part of that is getting Joseph, healthy again like i'm not sure he's quite there yet i think he's got at least a couple more months 
and maybe into the new season, um, he'll be better. You do worry about it starting cold. Um, I know it's not like frigid in Atlanta because they're playing indoors, but they do have to travel to different places. And I think, you know, you look around at that roster and there was just times where it just seems like one side was playing well while the other side wasn't playing well as far as their team and the balance. But then, you know, you've got guys like Miles Robinson who might not be there next year. Ezekiel Barco has always talked about moving elsewhere. Uh, Araujo, um, I, I don't know. Rujo, I don't think, you know, it depends on how well he plays and if he stays. Um, again, I think that that's a big piece, too, that, that they need next year. And if he doesn't play as well as he did to come on this year and then play as well uh, going forward and with that team, I think that's a problem. But Marcelino Moreno, you know, had a good year off and on. It was like a roller coaster ride with Atlanta, it seemed. And then uh, Guzan's not getting any younger. And, and that's a big piece, too, that I think a lot of people are missing as, as time goes on. Can their defense really be as formidable if you've got the aging goalkeeper with some of the make, makeshift pieces that you're going to have in the defense? And I think they were changing formations constantly to try to figure that out. And you can't do that in New York. And when you want to try to go up against the NYCFC team that's playing in a makeshift soccer stadium that completely is a home field advantage, it's really difficult to beat them. And I think that's where they kind of run into the problem is NYCFC and Castellanos are just so good right now and, and inform. I think that they are easily one of the more formidable teams uh, in the playoffs that they could have run up against. And unfortunately for Atlanta, it just didn't pan out this time. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think I've said everything I can about it. It's just unfortunate that, you know, under a new manager, they were, I guess you have to look at the plus side too. They were able to get to this point. Um, after firing their manager and really being like really piss poor the whole season, I guess, um, up until that point, it really did change the outcome of the season. The fact that they were able to get into the playoffs, it, it sucks they couldn't have gotten a home playoff game for their fans after that, but unfortunately, it's how it happens sometimes. And they didn't have a lot of wiggle room because of that poor start. And uh, we'll see how they go next year. There should be building blocks here to maybe get a top four spot next year. And then, uh, you know, the next year do even better, right? That's that's how it's supposed to, supposed to go. As we talked about, there's going to be a spot open because Nashville is leaving the East. And we're getting Charlotte, and I'm not very convinced about Charlotte right now. So I do think that there's an open spot for a team like TFC to get into a playoff spot, or a Montreal, or you know somewhere like that. But that also means that there might be a chance for you to wiggle into the top four there, even though Nashville. I mean, Nashville is a top four team in this season, so there is a top four spot available. So. It's there for the taking. And um, the the next game had a lot of fireworks in it. Portland 3, Minnesota 1. Fragapane scoring in the 11th minute. And then uh, Embalia and Blanco scoring in the 43rd and 47th. And Blanco scoring again in the 66th. Some really fantastic goals in this game. There was also a missed handball and a missed red card. Uh, what is the point, Logan, of VAR if we're not going to use it in playoff games? I was really confused by that, too. And um, there are people tweeting at us that it has to go through like a certain protocol to get to 
VAR and that it didn't go through the center ref. So that's why it didn't get to VAR, um, which is really confusing because it's like, why didn't I, it go to them then? Right. Didn't it go to them? Right. Like, why? Why? <laughs> and people complain about it. And is it CONCACAP that doesn't have it? So it's like, CONCACAP doesn't have it. So it will, though. It clothes. will, though, it for will. January yeah. and March. Yeah. Right. So it is. It's like if you have the technology available, why not use it, especially on these kind? I get it if you don't want to use it on offside or if you want to keep it to where it's, you know, you go by the ref's judgment and you you don't try to murk that up. But if you really want to get uh, just like in NBA, um, I see this a lot where they'll go back to the replay to see if it was a flagrant two or flagrant one. Same thing here. Yellow card, red card. I think it's a very clear indication as to like, hey, this is being called right. This game is being called correctly. The officiating is going to get what it needs to uh, done. And I think that it's efficient when you have bar, because I think in this instance, you really completely just miss one here. Um, and it really does change the game. I mean, it, it I don't know how I, it doesn't change it a ton, but it, if, if Reynoso is no, sorry, it's Fragapani that went after, um, I think it was one of the Charas where he goes in and he tried to chop, I think it's Diego. Um, and he tries to kind of like double stomps <laughs> at uh, at his feet, and I'm like, that, that's clearly a, a violent act. It's clearly one that should have been easily or straight red. He should have been sent packing, um, but wasn't. And he, he very well could have broken Char's leg. I mean, it was one of those ones that he went in so late and so violently that if he'd have got any kind of his ankle, he would have broke it right in half. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. so violent and so blatant that I, I don't know how one how you missed it initially two how you don't go into var and get it the next time and you just let it pass as if nothing has happened so it, it is it's a how do you miss this and how do you not let this go to var i don't know so my whole point is we have var to get the calls right we use it during the regular season all the time why are we not using it in the biggest games of the season? These are yeah. the games you want the calls correct the most in. The handball that would have been what? Mm-hmm. That was when it was three. Was it when it was two one or was it when it was three? Uh, it was. I want to say it was when it was three one, but they would still have. It a would chance have been three two and have it, plenty yeah. of time still. Yeah. Until they got the red card next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these things matter. Why are we? doing these things during the regular season if we're not going to use it in the most important games. Regular season games matter, I guess, right? Top four spot matters, as we just said. But not to the extent that these games matter, uh, the playoff games. This is what's going to help determine who wins MLS Cup, who gets to MLS Cup. This probably affects bonuses for Mm -hmm. the players. How far you make it into the rounds probably affects bonuses for coaches. Stuff like that, that why have it if you're not going to use it? Um, mm-hmm. If the reason is because it didn't go to the center ref or whatever, isn't the whole part of VAR to tell the center ref, hey, go take a look at it? I don't understand yeah. how that would be a thing. Um, somebody should have been looking at it. Somebody should have been sending it to him. Have the ref take a look and make him decide again. Do you want mm-hmm. a red card here or no? Do you want a penalty here or no? You can still leave it up to his hand, his hands, but make him look at it again. Maybe he didn't see it right the first time and have him make the decision. It's like, it's it's like when you're doing an NFL thing and they, you know, like we just, I saw with the Raven game yesterday, Andy Dalton 
clearly missed throw, right? Mm -hmm. Incomplete pass. Ravens picked it up and ran it in. They called it a touchdown because touchdowns are reviewed, and they immediately were able to tell that it was an incomplete pass. Why aren't we just double-checking is my main complaint. And it, it, here's another thing that I, I want to throw out there because I don't think I've seen it on Twitter yet. If you want to be taken seriously as a league, right, you've got the first game, which is NYCFC playing on some kind of makeshift baseball stadium, and then you flip on this game, and they're not on the same day, but if you flip on this game, uh, then you've got the same issue of, like, you are looking – were they on the same day? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. back-to-back. Sorry. Um, the East Coast, West Coast thing. Um, so when you're looking at that and then you miss these two calls and they're blatant calls that should have been thrown to bar, and then you're like, why doesn't this league have one of the most crucial replay systems that they could put into place to make sure that these games are going the call the proper way? It really was a bad day as far as like when you're looking at this MLS, uh, the, the cup, it, it, it kind of taints it a little bit because it's like, okay, now, the further you get into this and the more that this stuff happens because we're lucky it's only happened a couple times in these playoffs, it could happen in these next rounds where it really matters. And like you said, Jordan, it, it bonuses. Um, it can maybe be the difference between a player getting sold and transferred to a league that he has been dreaming about his whole life. I mean, it. there's a lot of things that go into play with this. And it just, it seems like you're just playing with the livelihood of, of different people when you're, when you're talking about just, Get the, get the review system, get it into place, and then review it if it looks questionable. And then we can have a clear-cut winner of MLS Cup and not one that's like, oh, well, if that game would have been called correctly, then maybe they don't have the MLS Cup in hand at the end of the season when they're hoisting it up. So I, I, it really is. It's, it's annoying that it's gotten to this point and they don't have VAR hanging out to help out. Okay. Um, then we had... Uh, so, so those are the games so far. And we have tomorrow, uh, the 23rd of the day you're listening to this, Nashville versus Orlando on FS1 at 8 o'clock and 10.30, Seattle versus RSL on FS1. Thursday, Thanksgiving, we got Colorado versus Portland at 4.30 on Big Fox. Excited for that. Then Saturday, we have SKC versus uh, either the winner of the Seattle RSL at three o'clock on ABC five 30 on ESPN is Philadelphia versus the winner of Nashville Orlando. So we are looking forward to those. We got, uh, I predicted Atlanta to win Portland. We both predicted the win two nil two one. We were close Montreal. We both chose to win the Canadian championship. I had the score right at one nil. And we both got SKC and Union right. So Logan had a perfect one, two, three, four, five uh, selection. I should have been five and zero. We were five and zero, and I was four and one. What was was I doing? I should have joined the bracket on MLS. What am I doing with my life? So we have Nashville versus Orlando, and I want to get your prediction on Nashville versus Orlando. All right, so I'm an Orlando fan, so clearly I'm going to go with Nashville 2-0 because I don't think Orlando has any kind of shot in this match. It is at Nissan Stadium. They are playing in what probably is going to be a lot colder weather than Florida. Uh, The attack has been kind of iffy. Nani not being selected in that Montreal game was kind of concerning at the end of the season on decision day. Um, DK, I just think the wheels are burning out. And I think that, you know, even though he's had a prolonged break when he was injured, 
I don't know. I, I'm just not feeling I'm not feeling real confident here, Jordan. It's a good defense that we're going up against. And I think Walker and DK are headed for a Goliath versus um, David. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Goliath might win this one. You mean that you mean uh, Walker for, for that? Yeah, right? he's Goliath. Yeah. What's your score line? 2-0 Nashville. Yep, I actually had 2-0 as well, Nashville. Um, I think you're right to be concerned. Nashville, really good at home. Though when they last played each other, it was, what, 1-1 at Nashville? Yeah. So you have a shot. But I do think Nashville are going to turn it on. They want to show the world. And really, if they're going to win an MLS Cup, this is the year right now. And the reason I say that is because they will not have it easier on the West. They yeah. can get through Orlando. They can beat Philly. I know that in my heart. And they could probably go really toe-to-toe with the Revs and get to an MLS Cup final. This is their best shot for the foreseeable future until they add more teams to the West and they get probably shunted back over to the East or something. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, you know, there, there's been teams like Houston and SKC that used to be Eastern Conference teams and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I do think that Nashville is going to is gonna win this one. All right, Seattle versus RSL. All right, so Seattle's got a couple of interesting pieces. I mean, Nicholas Ladero, Hurt could play, probably will play. Jordan Morris, Hurt could play, probably will play. Um, I knew who's out, but I don't think that's going to bother him enough because I do think Real Salt Lake did kind of just sneak in. They do have an MVP candidate in my mind, Demir Krylock. But I, I, I just don't think it's going to be enough at Lumen Field. I think Seattle just has too much firepower. I'm going to go Seattle. I'm going to say it's going to be 1-0 Seattle. Yeah, I have Seattle as well. Um, like you said, Smetcher gave a positive update today. Sounds like Jao, uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz, Xavier Aragia, and Leo Chu are 100% healthy for the RSL game. And Nicholas Ladero are avail- is available on the bench. So it sounds like Seattle is stacked. I have Seattle winning 3-1. Did you have a scoreline? Yeah, Seattle 1-0. 1-0. Okay, I'm going to go 3-1. Let's go for it. And I want to predict the other games, but we can't because uh, we don't know what they'd be. But let's predict what I'm going to call the Thanksgiving Classic. <laughs> and we have Portland versus the Cowboys, right? Oh, that's the wrong sport. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to try to watch this on my phone, I guess, because no place I'm going is going to be having these games on, unfortunately. Well, you could convert them, Jordan. Now's your chance to talk to them about the MLS and why it's the most wild league in the wild wild. The bad West. thing is, is like, what time is this game? 4.30? I have a dinner that we're actually going to a restaurant at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, there's no way... So I can't even like take control of somebody's TV. Like I ha- like it would be, I don't know. I don't think it's happening. Uh, but I am going to go first. I'm going to go ahead and say Portland one nil. I'm sorry, Rapids. I'm going to go Portland on this because I picked them to win supporter shot. I feel like I got to give them something. I feel like I got to get them past this round at least uh, to feel really good about my picks here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Portland one nil, uh, in a crazy game in Colorado. What do you have here? Portland's playing really well. Um, Colorado played well defensively. However, I don't know. I, I think I'm in the same boat with you. I think that 
Portland just has it. And I think they've got more experience as far as playing in these big games. And I think, you know, it, they're missing Eric Williamson because of the uh, injury to his knee and have been, you know, for the latter part of the year. So it's been, it's, it's been fun to watch Portland just kind of come into form here late in the playoffs and make this kind of creepy run into the, into the, you know, contention for the MLS cup. And, and to be honest, I, I like the way that they're playing, but uh, maybe better than anybody that's played. So they took apart the loons um, after kind of having a rough start. And again, I, I marked that up to the international break. So I think, I think Portland actually has a good chance here and I'm going to go Portland two, Jordan. I'm going to say Portland two, one final score. Portland two. Wow, man, we are not making friends in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate, really. I like Coloradians. I don't know what you call them, but. Oh, and I guess we can predict the New England NYC. New England NYCFC. Those are the only ones we know. Yeah, so let's do it. New England. We can do a hypothetical prediction of. Uh, you just have to put the two teams through. You would be like, okay, Sporting Kansas City plays. Who would they play? They play the winner of RSL in Seattle. Um, I'm going to go with – so if we go New England, I'm going to go New England 2-1 over NYCFC. Yeah. What do you got? New England 3-0. No. I'm going to say it's a trouncing, uh, dismantling of NYCFC. That'll probably bite me in the butt. They'll probably be exiting after a what is it like three month long break they've had or whatever. So if we picked our, so if we picked Seattle right versus yeah. SKCs. I mean, so we against RSL. So let's go ahead and do SKC versus Seattle since we chose Seattle. Um, and that's gonna be at at Lumen. No, that would be at SKC. What? Why? Seattle's yes. number two. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Seattle's two. SKC three. Yeah, so it'd be Seattle at home. I would have to go Seattle. I think that'd be a really good matchup, yeah. though. It'd be a fun one. I think that would be a blast. Like, these are going to be some really good matches this coming, like, semifinal week. I mean, there's some really good teams that are going to be playing. I'm not going to do scorelines for those since we don't know who's going to get through. So I'm just going to say Seattle beats SKC if they get there. Yeah, I was going to say Seattle beats SKC if they get there. All right. And Philly versus we both pick Nashville. Oof. Oof. I'm going to say Philly at home is so hard to beat. I don't care if they can score or not. I'm going to say Philly win it. I'm going to say two to one. They actually get some goals here. Interesting. I'm going to go. uh, I guess we didn't need score, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm going to go. Let's do Nashville one nil. I think Union are going to have a tough time scoring, even at home. Nashville is really good defensively. Nashville also has some really good attack. I do worry about that. So I would go ahead and probably pick Nashville to move on. They're just so tough a team to beat there. We haven't done our full prediction, have we? Like a f- full bracket? Yeah. 
No, I don't think we will. I think we'll just kind of take it step by step here because the only thing that can happen out of taking it all at once is uh, we get embarrassed and we lose. <laughs> I think uh, I think Vancouver wins it all. Oh yeah, they, yeah. I'll just replay a clip of you from last week saying Vancouver wins all before they got knocked out. <laughs> don't do that. It's embarrassing. Um. Yeah, any any other things here? Uh, real quick about NWSL. So it was Chicago Red Stars versus Washington Spirit in the final. Washington Spirit won. Um, they had a lot of issues with their coach that got let go midseason, you know, abusive stuff. Red Stars coach makes it throughout the whole season, and then today – this drops from the Washington Post saying that uh, NWSL players say U.S. soccer failed to act on abuse claims against the Red Stars coach. So he got to finish out the whole season, Rory Dames. And the whole his, they've made the finals three years in a row, and he's been... Um, it seems like this is just something that can, has been continually happening. He's the fifth male NBSL coach to be accused of misconduct this year. This year alone, the league's commissioner, Lisa Baird, already resigned because of this going on again with Paul Riley earlier in the season. We had the Spirit have their problems. We've had uh, just, just, Awful, awful, awful things here. I, I don't know how to uh, fix this for the league. Um, at this point, I put this out on our Twitter. At this point, we should almost just fire every single coach and restart. I, I mean, and, and really just do a thorough, all right, you were, you're clean. You can get rehired. Like, I don't know, because this shouldn't be happening. And it's just been embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment this year. As we talked about, we talked about this when Lisa Baird resigned and things have just continued to snowball this way. And, you know, people were, I think were upset that some people were rooting against the spirit because of all of their troubles, but turns out the red stars were going through the same thing. And that coach got to coach throughout the whole season for whatever reason, players being told to shut up and not say anything. And now it comes out <laughs> at the end of the season here after he had already resigned, he had resigned. He wasn't fired. I think there was going to be like a, you know, quietly leaving type of thing. But of course, the news breaks, and you're like, oh, that makes sense now. Why he resigned, right? Is because of this. They knew this was coming, and they got out ahead of it. And I always said, like, I wanted to get in the end of NWSL. We were talking about this season, you know, and. Uh, the Spirit are the closest team to me. Philly doesn't have a team. I was turned off by the Spirit with everything that happened this year, with how the owner's been acting, with how the coach was acting. They're a fun group of players to watch. You know, Trinity Robin uh, is fun to watch. But I don't know if I can support that team until a new owner comes in. And now I feel like I can't support the league until we get this settled. I mean, this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, and I think it, I you know it, it's really tough because it's like 
you almost want MLS to step into and say, okay, hey, we'll give you the vetting process that we do with our coaches. Um, and I know it's a different kind of thing, but uh, it's got to be a vetting issue. Like it, it, it's that. And then it's also the, um, the society that we've kind of brought up to, to be like, shut up and work because that's what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to not go against the authority figures because you just need to get over it. Nobody likes their boss kind of thing. And, and I'm, and it's such an annoying conversation and it's the generation it's that 40 to 60 age group, right? That right now, and sorry, if you're one of those people that listen to us that are in that age group, but you're probably not one of these people that you're probably yelling at this with us, just like we are in it. It's the problem with the fact that we just for so long had been the society that like, oh, just get over it, just move on. It's just boys being boys. It's annoying. It's it's a gross uh, society. It's misogynistic. It's uh, a league that should have been given more of a fair shake. It's the idea that we continuously try to put the NWSL down and below the MLS because they're men, not or like the MLS is men and the NWSL are women. And it's still that. Undiv- you know, you get the same thing with like WNBA, yes. you know, people yes. poke at that a lot. Right. So they're told to just shut up and ignore it because we're giving you money to play and, and perform in your profession. Could you imagine going to work and people just racially abusing you or sexually abusing you? And you're so unwanted and you complain so much to your, your higher ups and they go, you know, it's just him being him. And that's, you know, we're successful because of him. So we can't move on. It's sick. It's, it's time that the NWSL hires somebody like an Adam Silver or um, maybe Don Garber is really good at handling some of these situations. It's hire somebody that's got good leadership. Hire somebody that, I mean, to be honest, they're throwing names out. Like have Abby Wambach and Megan and Alex and them interview people and these players union interview people vet people, vet coaches, go through the players process, like go through the process of eliminating people from this sport. They've got to clean it up and it's going to be a big overhaul. It's going to be a big cleanup. And unfortunately this league doesn't have that time. I don't think. And that it really is unfortunate because this team is just now starting to gain success. They're on Paramount plus you can watch their games uh, in, on big networks. Now the finals now on CBS this. at noon. Yeah, right. And now they've got this to deal with. It's just, and oh, Jordan, what what girl wants to come play here when they can go play in in England or where it's clean or Spain? Well, that's, that, where that's it might the be thing. Cleaner, like so. one of the players who is Canadian uh, yeah. who came out against um, the uh, the old Spirit coach yeah. just this past week again public about who she was and stuff and and you know he gave her a hard time. Listen to this for. <laughs> You know, at, at the end of a season or at the end of a break or whatever, they she went back home to Canada and her mom or grandmother was sick. Right. And she stayed there while her grandmother was dying and came back and the coach gave her crap for it, mm-hmm. abused her for it. And that kind of thing. And then he comes out and still tries to defend it. Like, it was a disgusting interview. But um, with that is it comes to the point of she went over back to Europe to play because she was at the point here where she hated playing soccer. And over there, she was able to fall in love with it again. Mm -hmm. If you want the best female players here in America, like the NWSL has had, and we've started seeing this exodus of some of the U S women's team going overseas and stuff too. 
it's you got to clean this part up uh, about it, you know, because I don't I don't know what I'm sure some of this stuff happens overseas, too. But the fact that some of these players are going to be leaving this league and this is a NWSL has been around as now like the longest top flight women's league in the U S but before that we were going through league after league that lasted two or three years, four years. And I worry if this stuff keeps happening, we're going to be right back there again with, with no top flight women's team, because who would, like you said, who would want to be a part of this? How five people this year accused of this stuff like that's too many one i mean one is too many but i mean five in a year is insane and when you're looking at how that's going to be little kids their parents are not going to want them to play in nwsl uh they're not going to want to play with how this is just get it fixed clean it up Enough rant. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at State Show, Instagram at State Side Show, Facebook.com slash State Side Show, email us stateside show at gmail.com. We didn't get to talk USA Jamaica, but it finished what? Uh, 1 1. Mm-hmm. Um, great goal from uh, who was it, Antonio yeah. um, scoring that. Um, Couldn't have been saved. There's no way. <laughs> I, I did want to talk about that before, <laughs> but we're kind of past that now. But yeah. We, we're Matt Turner fans here, but no way in hell he saves that either. People yeah. in the stadium have said that was unsavable. They had better views than the TV. Get over it. Um, but USA, you know, Canada at the top of the uh, at the group right now. USA in second. This is it's going to be a tight top four. We're going to probably be able to clinch top four soon. But you got to try to get that top three so you don't have to go yeah. to a playoff. But that's it. Thank you uh, for listening and have a great rest of your day. Did they close the curtain on the Red Bull season? Because it felt like they did. (laughs) That is pretty good. (laughs) Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.